This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Gene Ginsberg online. Gene, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Likewise, likewise. So you're a best-selling author. You've been featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, HuffPost, and you focus on digital marketing amongst other things. So we can go in a lot of different directions on this, but I think one of the ways <laughs> I want to start with is you know, here we are at the time of this recording is 2020, and there's always new things going on in the world, especially when it comes to digital marketing. But what are some things that you're seeing that are on the horizon that you think are going to be, if not game changers, things to really help organizations strengthen their, their digital marketing platform? And, and I guess the follow-up question will be, you know, what are some things that have been around a while that are probably tried and true and will always be around? So uh, I'll hand, the, hand it over to you and, and let you run with those. Right. So in terms of what I think is on the horizon, I think one of the things that I'm seeing quite a bit in terms of social media platforms is TikTok. And I don't know, do your kids use TikTok or are they too, or are they a little older? <laughs> uh, they're all either teenage or above. So I'm sure that they are, they haven't, you know, connected with me yet. So I, I'm, I'm a, I haven't looked for them either, but you know, I'm connected with them on other channels, but then occasionally I'll see something like, wait a minute, that's not your account. And I'm like, oh, you got a secret account that you don't want dad to see. Got it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure that they have it. Um, yeah. So I would say TikTok is one of the things that I would say is, is, is turning out to be the next social media platform. Um, so, you know, we've had Google, we've had Facebook, we've had Instagram, and, you know, those are, I don't want to say saturated, but definitely have been around for a long time. So, and uh, one of the gurus that I follow, of course, you probably know Gary Vaynerchuk, he also talks a lot about TikTok as well. Um, so I would definitely think that that's definitely the one on the horizon in terms of engaging with audiences, especially ones that are younger because then they're going to age up in TikTok. And so um, eventually they'll, they'll get jobs and make money. So it's always good to think about, you know, what that's going to look like in the next five years or so, or in the next several years. So I would say that's probably the most future in the sense, like the most new thing that's I think is in the horizon. That's like pretty, pretty upcoming, like in the next, I don't know, let's say six months to a year over the next, like I'd say under two years. Um, if we're talking about long-term, um, what can help businesses and what I think is on the horizon kind of longer term. So that's five to 10 years. I think from what I'm seeing is that things are moving more into the AI space when it comes to digital marketing. I know it's very new now, but I've already started seeing AI copywriting. And I don't know if you've seen that or you're familiar with that. I've seen a couple things that I haven't dived in it too much, but the one thing I've noticed about AI is 
it the sky's the limit on it. And I've seen it work uh, really well on a variety of different things, not just, you know, calling in to, you know, check your credit card balance or something like that, which you can obviously do online too. But occasionally if you're not in front of a computer. You're like, okay, you know, I've, I've been on this vacation for a few days. How much more vacationing can I do? And you see, you see a check on those things, but um, and it's all AI driven. Um, but yeah, I've seen, like I said, the sky's the limit with it, but yeah, no, tell me about the, the copywriting front. Cause that, that really, I, I see all kinds of potential with that, not only from a copywriting standpoint, uh, but also, you know, an academic setting where, you know, there's plagiarism has always been a huge challenge where AI could flush some of that out. And I'm sure the students of tomorrow aren't going to be overly happy to hear that, but I could see schools and professors utilizing AI to say, okay, has this report that you have written, has it been published somewhere else before, or is this something of your original work, your, your own writing style and all of that? So no, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So there's actually a website called copypro.ai, uh, which for anybody who's interested in um, going there. I don't have any relation to that. To that, I'm not like an affiliate or anything for them. It's just somebody uh, that I was talking to mentioned it to me. So if anybody wants to check it out, but basically, um, it's um, it's a way to yeah have you know AI create copy for you without you having to do it. And it's already happening now. I actually was reading an article. I don't know about a year ago where sports sections of newspapers are mostly written by AI now because they're very templated when it comes to sports, right? Like it's not, <laughs> there's not too many things that you need to think about too much when it comes to uh, writing, you know, uh, about a game or, you know, let's say an NFL game or a, a basketball game or anything like that. So all of those, not all of them, but some of them are already being written by AI now. So it's already happening. <laughs> um, uh, definitely, I'm going to test that out on some things that I generate. Uh, of course, I enjoy writing, but I think for additional content, um, there's definitely some options, especially if it's something where I'm like, okay, I've, I've written about this before, but is there something that could you know, be a little bit different, you know, like take a slightly different angle on a particular subject that could really do it. So no, thank you for that, uh, that reference. Uh, I think that would be something that I think a lot of us would be uh, benefited by, especially in the entrepreneur space, as we're you know content creators and we're putting stuff out there. I think any additional tools that we can use to help uh, streamline some things definitely goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all pretty new, so I w I don't know a hundred percent if it's like ready to go and if it's really generating the copy that you want. But I'm just saying that this is definitely on its way there. So something to think about would be like copypro.ai. But I also think I, I, from what I'm seeing and just trends is I think it's all moving in that direction, right? So right now, everything when it comes to digital is more, you know, somewhat on a manual basis. Now, of course, there's like automation sequences and things like that that are more automated. But for example, setting up like Facebook campaigns, optimizing Facebook campaigns, these are all manual processes now. Um, and so in the future, I think that what's going to happen is that there's going to be a strategist and like a creative person who's going to be basically managing, you know, that, those two pieces, kind of the strategy and the creative side of things. But everything else will then be managed, created by AI, like copy and setting up Facebook ads or, you know, whatever, maybe it's TikTok ads in the next five or 10 years, maybe not Facebook, but, you know, managing those, optimizing, making sure that any ads that are not working are turned off automatically. So it's like right now it's much more of a manual process where you have to review the ads, you have to review the analytics, 
um, and you have to optimize manually. So this is where I'm seeing things happening, but this is, you know, very much in the infancy stages. So this is, I think, going to be in the next five or 10 years. Yeah, I think the next decade is going to really be interesting as things go on, because we, we've seen what's happened in the last 10 years with Facebook and Twitter really taking off and, and LinkedIn getting a little bit more proactive on some things. And of course, you know, Instagram was brand new and all the other and Snap and you name it. There's all these things there. Historically, before, it's like, okay, there's going to be a couple brands per se that are going to stick around and the rest would fall by the wayside. But what I'm discovering here is many of these brands I think are going to be around for a while, as long as they you know, are financially smart and don't do anything foolish because they've got a strong audience base that is made up of, of different people. And they've, but there's some that, you know, obviously cross over and do all those things. So uh, if, if you're advising, you know, a business, you know, a startup, for example, and you said, okay, what, you know, they ask, okay, what social media platform should I be on? I, I guess that's going to depend on what they're doing and, and how they want to market their business. Yep, absolutely. So, so that's what I think is going to be happening over the next uh, five to 10 years um, in the roaring 20s. <laughs> yes, the roaring 20s. I'm sure that we will definitely be seeing, you know, the 20s type clothing and attire and, and all the other fun stuff, which is good. Um, hopefully we don't have another uh, Great Depression like we did at the last yeah. end of the 20s. Hopefully we, we've learned our lesson from that little uh, extravaganza because uh, I've, I've read stories and, you know, had family members that, you know, had to endure that and uh, definitely wasn't a fun time for people. So, yes. you know, in, a, yeah, in the pre-show, I know you, you, you talk, you know, your original career, you know, and was in the kind of the marketing space and things like that. And I'm guessing there's a lot of marketing foundations that, you know, have passed through into this digital marketing space, but what are some differences that you've noticed in, in, in the last decade and some change on how you do marketing compared to, you know, when you first entered the marketing arena? Well, that, that one's definitely an easy answer. Social media, I mean, and mobile, I would say those are definitely. So I started marketing. Uh, I got my first marketing job 15 years ago. And back then, of course, there wasn't any sort of Facebook or Instagram um, I think Facebook wasn't even around. I think Facebook um, started in like 2006 or 2007 or something like that, uh, at least to the public. I think it was available to college students, but not to the public. So when I first entered, it was much more of an analog process. Uh, so, and we were doing things like mailers and trade shows, which I think trade shows still kind of are around, but um, not, I don't know if they're as popular anymore just because you can do everything online now and virtually. So that was definitely the big shift over the last 10, 15 years has been social media and then mobile. So everything now, when, you know, when I first started, everything was on the desktop. We didn't have, I mean, we had mobile devices to make phone calls, but there wasn't, it wasn't any smartphones at that time, right? So first uh, Apple smartphone, the iPhone came out in like 2008 or something like that. So nothing on mobile. And then over the last 10 years, then mobile has exploded, right? So at the beginning, it was just like sending text messages and, and making calls. But now we have apps and all of the social media platforms are on mobile too. So we just spend so much time, much more time on mobile now. 
anything to the turnaround time of campaigns and seeing if things are working or not. You know, that oh. time frame is shortened up dramatically. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, you know, obviously before um, with things like sending out mailers and things like that, you know, it's hard to to make to see the analytics, right? Because you're not sure how many eyeballs have, have gotten onto those mailers, for example. But now, yes, absolutely. We're seeing so the data so much more tighter because everything is on your devices, you know, whether it's your desktop or your mobile device. And we are seeing results much more quickly and we can make changes and we can make optimizations to campaigns much more quickly as well. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I find it, you know, for before, you know, because I've been in, in business for you know, quite a long time and you know thinking back to the marketing campaigns that we used to do in in the finance arena and whatnot were newsletters and postcards and and occasional phone calls and things like that where our you know our reach is definitely much larger and you can access it a lot faster than we did before but on the flip side because it's so vast you can get lost in the weeds. So what are some ideas that you give people to kind of help them stand out uh, in the sea of everybody out there on social media trying to get uh, the attention of a very, very picky consumer? Right. I would say to stand out, um, you know, being interesting or funny is always great, but not all of us can do that, right? We're not all of us can create content that's, in, you know, very unique or funny. So I would say the one thing that we can all do to stand out more is really pinpoint the challenges or pain points that our audiences are having. It's in the sense that like they realize that you know what their challenges and pain points are. And if you can do that well and get your messaging down, then I would say that's really the critical thing on what makes you stand out because um, if you're creating messaging um, that's not getting to the challenges and pain points to, of your of your audiences, then that's really diluted messaging. And so, um, you know, if you can be funny, yes, that would be great, <laughs> and you can probably get a lot of um, views that way, or you know, cute little cat videos or dog videos. But it might not always be helping you in the sense of your business. Uh, but really, if I would say if you were to, to distill it down, getting your messaging right and helping your business would be the, in order to help your business, I think it would be the best thing I would recommend. Yeah, I've seen social media accounts that uh, are really, really good at entertaining. Yes. I'll, I'll pick on, you know, they're not a sponsor, but, you know, the whole thing that happened uh, in 2019 with the chicken sandwich wars, you know, where Wendy's and Chick-fil-A and you know, all the others you know, Wendy's, they're entertaining uh, and their social media feed. They are, they are, they've got really strong social media people that um, are entertaining, engaging. Uh, they use uh, what I like to call nice and dry, sarcastic humor and other funny stuff too. And then sometimes there's organizations that, that try it. That's not, it's not in their wheelhouse and it kind of blows up in their face when they try to do something. And, it's, so it's a delicate thing. And, and again, the consumer is really finicky. And it's one of those things where you launch a campaign and you're like, okay, this could go well or it could blow up. Well, it can go blow up. And when it blows up, it blows up on a magnitude that your PR people are going, oh, no. You know, so that's why a lot of organizations, when they're smart, 
you know, they have a, a review process of anything that's shared out there because uh, sometimes uh, you could do something that could really, really, really uh, cause some problems. But hurt the brand. Well, yeah, even in case, you know, to date this, you know, you know, yesterday, you know, there's the Super Bowl commercial, you know, Super Bowl's coming up and, you know, Planters, you know, is, is killed off Mr. Peanut. And, you know, that went crazy, you know, because when you're looking at you know, Twitter and I'm looking at social media feed and I see Mr. Peanut, I'm like, what is Mr. Peanut trending about? So you look and you're like, wow, okay, this is interesting. And it's, it was you know, basically a commercial, uh, but it's going to air on the Super Bowl. But, you know, I got released early and all of a sudden you see all of this stuff and you're like wow this has taken on a life of its own and it's such an interesting dynamic that you know a brand could say something or do something and get so much reaction and, and communication about it and bring brand awareness to it uh it, it's it's an interesting world to watch because it's you never know when something is going to go viral and when it does you know, hopefully it's in a positive way and not negative right absolutely yes we do need to keep an eye on that just to make sure that where it's not hurting the brand but um yeah i would say um that's an interesting one i didn't i did not see the one about mr peanut <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. I'm. You know, I know good counselors, and I can refer you to somebody if you need to talk to somebody about the death of Mr. <laughs> Peanut. But, um, but yeah. yeah, it'll be. And I guess it's you know from their standpoint, I think it's a rebranding, and it's a really interesting way to go about rebranding. And and again, that's the creativity of, of things. It's, that's the one thing that I enjoy about all of this is it's bringing out creativity in, in people and redrawing lines as far as, you know, what you can do in marketing. And I think it, it's great. And for me, you know, just backstory, you know, my original career was public accounting and we made fun of marketing people and we always yelled at them for spending too much money. Um, now I wish I would have paid more attention marketing back then because I would have had a much easier time launching my business instead of a steep learning curve when I first did. But, right. but at the end of the day, I, I understand, um, you know, the benefits of it and, and encourage it. And I, I, I celebrate, um, you know, different marketing, you know, something that's different and like, wow, that's a new approach. And even in this oversaturated world that we're in, where we get bombarded with so many things, when something stands out a little bit differently, it, it catches your attention. You go, wow, that was really, really well done. Yeah, that's true. And then, like I said, you know, if you can make your marketing more interesting um, and unique and creative, then yes, absolutely. I think that's one way to stand out. I mean, but otherwise, I would say definitely honing in on your ideal target market, um, just you know, speaking to them at a very, very personal level. Yeah, it's a common mistake that I see organizations make is you know, they try to market to everybody and yeah. they need to know who their ideal customer is and talk with them. And you know, a good colleague of mine years ago told me, it's okay, when you're doing your marketing and your writing or anything like that, you know, get in your mind your ideal customer. Who are they? Give them a name. What do they do? Who are they? And when you write or create or do anything, act as if you're talking to that individual. Because there are other people that are going to be like them that are going to resonate, which will be along the same lines of who you're trying to reach. Uh, now, if you get other people that aren't necessarily in that same niche 
and they still want to be your customer. Awesome. That's great. That's, that's, you know, that's extra pudding after you know, eat your meal. But at the end of the day, you're, you're focusing on things and you're getting a really fine tune on what that consumer customer needs. And if you do that well, you know, your business will take off. It's just, that's how it works. Yep, absolutely. That's the one thing that I always stress when I talk to clients or uh, customers is like, know who you're targeting because if, if you don't, then everything that you do after that, whether it's your messaging, whether it's your creating campaigns or going on Facebook or, or creating content, like if you're getting the ideal target market wrong, then all of that will follow and be wrong. And then, then you're not going to get the results that you want. So really understanding before jumping into Facebook ads um, is understanding who you're trying to target and you know, what's, what are they all about and how do you speak to them? Once you have that information and, and it takes time, you, yeah. you, you think you may know who your audience is and you may discover, no, that's your audience is actually a completely different genre. And you're like, how in the world did I end up over here? But it, it's, but in, and sometimes you, you scratch your head and you're like, well, over here, I'm going to be profitable. I'm going to do quite well this is where I'm going to work. And it, 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 it's and yeah, you can say, but I should be over here. Well, you can still, if you want to test from time to time, but if your resources and revenue streams and success is all coming from over here, then you're foolish if you don't take advantage of that. As long as you can properly serve that, that audience and that customer, if, if, you, if you feel and you, you still you get fulfillment out of what you're doing by helping you know, that group, then by all means do it. Yeah, absolutely. So always, always good to talk about a heel target market. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, and it's, you know, we could talk for hours on, on that for sure. But I guess you know, to, to wrap up, what, what's one piece of advice that you always give people that you're working with that you see time and time again that they stumble on? And I'm guessing the, the audience is, you know, and figuring out who their market actually is one, but do you see anything else that you commonly encounter when, when they're misstepping on, on their digital marketing or their marketing campaigns? Um, I mean, the questions I, I always get is just how do you make social and digital work for you, which is kind of a broad question I know, but like, um, I mean, in terms of misstepping, it just depends on the on, on what the strengths are. A lot of times, you know, people misstep when it comes to um, technology and analytics and tracking, um, you know, making sure, for example, their Facebook pixel is set up correctly. I get that question asked a, a, a ton of times. So it just depends, you know, if you're good with technology and and putting all of those pieces together on the technological side, then, you know, then that's great. And then that's usually not a misstep, but I, I see that quite often that it is usually a misstep in, in the sense that all of the, you know, ideally all of your platforms need to be talking either to each other or to some sort of centralized system. So you can have centralized analytics for your campaigns. Um, and it's gotten much better in the sense that now you can integrate, for example, your Facebook campaigns with Shopify and your MailChimp campaigns with Shopify. So that way, things are talking to each other and systems are talking to each other and you can see a much bigger picture versus just like, okay, this is my MailChimp campaign and this is my Facebook campaign, but you know, I'm not sure how they relate to each other and what the big picture is. So um, I would say one of the big missteps is technology and integration. 
Yeah, we're still in the, as crazy as it sounds, I think we're still in the early days on that, but eventually uh, they'll be more integrated. And when they do, you, know, you can get some of those statistics and you can start honing in on figuring out, okay, where is my best audience? Where am I getting the most traction? And those are the areas to figure out, okay, why? Like, for example, I'm on my show for quite a while. Um, I was having a ton of listeners in Kathmandu. I still don't know why uh, I'm because I listen to my show and the guests that I have. And I'm like, why is Nepal showing up as one of the you know biggest listening audiences for my show? And I'm, I'm scratching my head because I'm like, I'm not interviewing anybody necessarily from there, but you know, the, the stats were, you know, alarming. It, it was definitely uh, much higher than I would expect. You know, the UK and the United States and Canada, of course, were, were up there. But yeah, that one jumped out for some reason. The only thing I could think of was either A, someone was listening to my show through a VPN that happened to be through there, or there's people that are based or live there that, you know, are, are heavy podcast listeners. And it, it, it was able to resonate that way. But it, it was one of those things, you look at the reports and you go, huh, wait a minute, you'd kind of do like, you know, when dogs tilt their head a little bit and like get all confused, like, what are you saying? It was the same thing. And I know sometimes when you look at some analytics when it comes to marketing, um, there are going to be some, you know, scratching of heads and head tilts going, why is that there? That doesn't make any sense. But uh, the key thing is hopefully most of your information makes sense and you can uh, capitalize on it and grow your business. Because I think that's all we want to accomplish for all of us is we want our businesses to grow and thrive and be impactful. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. It's interesting. You get so many downloads and listeners from Kathmandu. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I know the Bob Seger song about it, but that was about it. So I was, I was a little confused on that, but to all my listeners in Kathmandu, thank you. I love you and continue supporting the show. So where can people find out more about Eugene and, and the awesome work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to my website, geneginsburg.com and find pretty much everything there. I have a couple of podcasts that I recently launched and videos and well, pretty much everything that you want to learn about me. And then also you can find me on social media, of course. Um, most of my, I think all my handles are Gene Ginsburg. So you can go to Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And those are all going to be that Gene Ginsburg. Awesome. And I'll have all that information in the show notes. So Gene, I've enjoyed our conversation today. Continue doing all some work that you do and appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.